All right, come on, Go Church family. How you feel today? You feel good? You look good? Come on now. Man, as I, uh, as I scan this room today, it is so great to see so many familiar faces and so many new faces. And I know throughout this gathering, you've been greeted a few times, but just from my heart to yours, from my family to your family, we wanna tell you we love you. We're honored you're here today. We thank God for you. And there's really no better place to be on a Sunday than with the family of God here at Go Church. Do you agree? Somebody say amen to that. Come on now. So glad to see you. Many of you know this, but this location is our broadcast campus. And what that means is from here, we live stream to Germantown, Maryland. We have a great campus there in Germantown. And I just wanna say good morning to all of you. They're meeting in the movie theater there. I was with them this past Wednesday for First Wednesday. I'm excited about what God is doing at your campus. And so we greet you in Germantown today. And then also to our online campus and community, whoever you are and wherever you're watching from, we say good morning and God bless you. So Okay, everybody in this room, can you put your hands together? Welcome everybody in Germantown, everybody online. Come on, come on, take your volume up a notch. Come on, there you go. And then we have this tradition here before we jump into the word, we always pause to give honor to those brave men and women that serve in the military and all of those courageous first responders. So to those that have served, those who are serving, those that continue to put your life on the line to serve and protect us, I pray this moment of applause and appreciation is heartfelt and you're encouraged by it. So come on church family, about five seconds here, come on. Come on, give it up for the brave men and women, come on now. Come on, keep it going, keep it going, there we go. Thank you, thank you. Okay, let me give you one more thought here. Uh, many of you know that in 1926, our country began an annual celebration in the month of February, honoring those in the African-American community for the sacrifices and the victories and the rich cultural heritage of that beautiful group of people. And so here at Go Church, it is our heart to continue to love people to life. And so I just wanna tell all of you, red, yellow, black, white, while this world is full of all kinds of hatred and racism, that does not exist here. Can I get an amen? Come on, you ought to say amen. And so before we get into the message and before we pray, I just wanted to tell each of you especially those of you that are a part of the African-American community, how much we love you, how much we thank God for you, and how much we celebrate not only you, but how far we've come as a nation. We got a lot of work to do, all right? A lot of work to do, but it really is. This may come across a little funny, but it's my heart. It really is a privilege to be all of your pastor, right? To be your pastor to everybody, but especially for those of you that are African-American to listen to a white guy preach. Come on, somebody, that's a big deal. And so I'm just really grateful, really, really grateful. And I honor you, I celebrate you, and I'm in this with you. Uh, we're gonna see the walls of racism torn down and at Go Church, we're just gonna love people to life. Come on, do you believe that today? I'm with you on that. Good. All right, we're in week number six of a seven-part series called Get in the Game. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment, but let me pray for you. And if you'd be so kind, would you pray for me today as well? Father, we love you. We thank you for meeting us here. We thank you that your word says, and I want somebody to hear this, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I thank you that in this past week, that every weapon that the enemy tried to form against us, it never came to prosper. That you tore those attacks down, and although we're walking through 
uh, some difficult times, we know that you're faithful, Jesus. You're faithful and you're sovereign and you're good. And we've come here today with one responsibility, and that is to lift you up. You tell us in your word, Lord, that if we lift you up, you'll draw the people to you. So I'm asking that you would anoint this conversation, you would anoint this message, that you would open up our hearts and you would open up our ears, and you would teach us something. Teach me, Lord. I'm a student of the word. I'm learning and growing. So help us today, and at the end of it all, when we transition from whatever campus that we're at today, may we leave different. May we leave change from the inside out, and may we leave closer to you than we've ever been before. In the name of the Father who loves us, the Son who gave his life for us, and the Holy Spirit that lives within us, and the whole church said amen and amen. Now, can we honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Come on, church. Come on. All right, week number six of a seven-part series here called Get in the Game, and I hope that you've enjoyed this whole series. Uh, We started this conversation on the very first Sunday of this year. We'll conclude this conversation next Sunday. And here's kind of been the the theme thought or the key thought, and I really want to encourage you today, as I always do, take some notes. Come on now. Take some notes. There's a sermon note card in the seat back pocket near you, or if you're in Germantown in that movie theater, there's a note card in the cup holder right beside your popcorn. Come on. Uh, but I want you to take some notes today. I want you to write down some thoughts. And here's that key thought for us, the theme thought for this whole series. And it's very elementary, but yet incredibly profound. And here's the thought. This year is not going to be any different from last year unless you are intentional about doing some things different from what you did last year. Does that make sense? So this is rhetorical, but I want to give you a moment here to kind of do a a self-assessment. You are six weeks into a brand new year. Are you in the same habitual pattern and cycle like you were in 2021? Or are there some areas within your life, uh, your family, your job, your business, your marriage, your home, your spiritual life, your faith walk, where you are intentionally doing some things differently, hopefully better? So the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, and then you expect that there's going to be a different result. And that's crazy. If you want different results, if you want better results, you've got to intentionally do some things differently than how you've done them before. And so this whole series really truthfully lays out seven things that if you do them this year, your life, and not just your life, but your, your family, like generations, will be impacted in profound ways and God's hand of favor and blessing will be on you and your children and your children's children. Your earthly life will be different. Your eternal life will be different. Come on now. And so we started with week number one talking about the discipline of prayer. Then we talked about the discipline of fasting. Then we talked about the discipline of reading the Bible and what it means to to hold God's holy word in your hands and to meditate on that. We talked about evangelizing and telling people your story and you know sharing your faith with others. Last Sunday, one of our associate pastors, Pastor David Waldrip, talked about groups. He did a great job, by the way, didn't he? Shout out to Pastor David. Awesome word. Next Sunday, we'll talk about serving and using your gifts and your talents to invest them into the local church and to make a difference for the kingdom of God. But watch this. Today, I'm going to talk to you about tithing. I'm going to talk to you about the discipline of, of generosity and stewardship and tithing. Now, stop right here for a moment, okay? I want everybody to hear me. Don't tune me out. Okay, here's what some of you are thinking. Some of you are like, man, 
the one Sunday I decided to come to church, this joker's gonna talk about money. Or some of you are thinking the one Sunday that I invited a friend or a coworker, or that one Sunday that my neighbor said yes, and my pastor is gonna talk about money. Let me tell you a couple things here. Number one, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but I'm not a used car salesman. I'm not up here trying to sell you something and, and I'm not trying to manipulate you out of your hard earned money. It's not about that. It's about this, that, and I hear this often, people will say, well, the church only wants money. Okay, that's not, that, that's not the case of this church anyway. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. And I also hear people say, well, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to give. Could I submit to you that you cannot afford not to tithe, not to give. So maybe you're here today and I don't want you to tune me out because we are gonna have a conversation around money and tithing and stewardship and generosity. But if you're in a situation financially, maybe you broke, come on somebody. Maybe you're strapped, maybe you're maxed out. Maybe you got an overwhelming amount of debt. Maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck. You know, maybe you're just struggling in the areas of finances and you feel overwhelmed by that. Maybe the uh, volatility of the stock market or the economy over the last few years or even in recent months has increased your anxiety. Whatever your financial situation is, I'm telling you, and I want you to hear this. This isn't on the screen, but I want you to hear the heart of your pastor for a moment. You have the ability to unlock the blessings of God. You have the ability to unlock the blessings of God. And the Bible talks about how God wants to shower us with blessings. Now, this is not a prosperity gospel that I'm preaching to you, but I'm talking to you about the principle of sowing and reaping. That when you put God first, you unlock the blessings of God. How many of you believe that God wants to bless you? Okay, but... But even so, you also have the ability to block the blessings of God. God wants you to walk in, a, 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 in, a, in accordance to his word and to his commands. And for those that are in the faith, for those that have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, it is very, very clear about the discipline of tithing and generosity. So let's look at it like this. Even if you're not a believer, even if you've not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you that there is great power in the principle of sowing and reaping and you could test God in this area. For those of you that are in the faith and you've tried God in this area of tithing, I want you to see this. I want, I want the rest of you that might be skeptical or even a little frustrated that I'm talking about money today, watch this. If you are in the faith and you've practiced the discipline of tithing and God has ever blessed you in any way, shape or form, as a matter of fact, he's blessed you more than you've ever given back to God. Put your hands together and testify to that truth. Watch this, look at this. I'm telling you. So I say, I'm gonna tell you two thoughts here that I say almost every single time that we have the conversation around generosity, stewardship, tithing, money. Watch this. So if you're skeptical of this conversation, maybe, maybe uh, the church has been misunderstood in the past. Maybe, maybe you've been abused in the church around money. Maybe you've been manipulated. That's not the heart of this house. That's not the heart of this pastor. And I want you to know this thought. I don't want anything from you. I'm not gonna take up a special offering today. I'm not gonna lock the doors and say, you can't get out of here until you give, although that's not too bad of an idea, but I'm not doing that. I, I don't, we don't want anything from you. I just genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that God has something for you. 
And I am a living testimony. I am a witness of God's blessing when I put God first in every area of my life, but especially in the area of tithing. God has something for you. And I want you to step into that promise this year. Remember, we've declared 2022 as the year of God's goodness. And I want you to walk in the goodness of God. And I'm gonna teach you something today that if you get in the game in the area of giving, tithing, you know, a stewardship and all of that, irregardless of your age, whether we've got uh, teenagers right over here and I know there's teenagers and kids all throughout the room and then we've got, we've got senior adults. It doesn't matter what age you are or where you find yourself on the, on the faith journey or spectrum. If you start this discipline, you have the potential and the power to unlock the blessings of God. So here's the second thing that I say all the time whenever we talk about money, all right, watch this. The way that you handle your money is one of the best outward measurements of your inward spiritual condition. It is a tangible, visible reality. When you invest, spend, save, shop, come on somebody. Kimberly, you heard that word? When you shop, it's my wife, right? However you invest, spend, save, whatever, your money, if you look at that, it is a parallel to where your heart is. It just is. How do I know that? Because Jesus said it. So I'm taking a thought that Jesus shared in one of his first sermons. Sermon on the Mount, starting in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 5, 6, and 7. Right in the middle of the sermon, Jesus talks about storing up treasure in heaven. Matthew chapter 6. And verse number 21, he lays out this very thought. That the way you handle your money is one of the best outward measurements of your inward spiritual condition. Here's what Jesus said. Let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Bad grammar, good preaching. Where are your money at? Where do you put your money? Hey, we all got bills. Come on, if you got bills, put your hands up. If you got mobiles, bills, put two hands up. Come on now. We've all got bills. We've all got a, we've all got a mortgage or a rent, uh, which the, the housing market is just absolutely wild right now. Uh, a lot of people are house poor because they're living in houses trying to keep up with the Joneses, which I just found out the Joneses are in debt too. Come on now. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. And, you know, many of us have, have a car payment or a, 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 an auto loan. You got credit card debt. Where, where are my parents? You got kids, right? Like, I mean, so man, like, I don't know how much more food my son can consume in one day. How many of you think your kid has a tapeworm? You're like, my, my Lord, you know? <laughs> where, are your, where are the grandparents at? Come on, German town to your grandparents. Like, what's, what's money to you if you have grandkids? It's like, here, just take all the money. Just take, just take it all. Take all the money. You get everything. So we've all, we've all got responsibilities. We've all got areas that you're trying to invest and save and you're thinking of retirement or some of you are pursuing education and schooling. And listen to me, none of those things are bad things. I guess if you get in, in an overwhelming amount of debt, that, that can definitely be a bad thing. People are drowning in debt. But, but those things that we talk about aren't bad things, but they do show where your heart is. So I've said this before, and I'm not trying to preach down at you. I'm just being honest to you. Print off your last three months bank statements and see where you're spending your money. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, look at just what Jesus is saying. And you'll see that wherever your money is, that's where your heart is. I mean, people buy season tickets to their favorite sports teams. That's not a problem. That's not, that's not a bad thing. But, 
when all of those things take priority or precedent over, watch this, the one that gave you the finances, the one that gave you the resources, when everything else is a priority and we forget to give back to or to bring to God, every good, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from our Father above. Now you work hard, but it's God that gave you the brain and the ability to do the job that you're good at doing. So every good gift comes from God. And whenever we put other things as a priority over God, that's how we block out the additional blessings that God wants us to walk in. Can I get somebody to say amen to that? So if you read the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation 66 books, the number one theme of the scripture is love. It's love, hands down. So the number one thought, and it's congruent all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament is God's love for us, okay? The second theme, overwhelmingly, the second theme in the Bible is where the scripture talks about money. I mean, it's amazing, finances. Over 2,300 times in the Bible, finances and money and stewardship and generosity and tithing is mentioned. That's tremendous to me. Why? Because again, Jesus, let me say it to you like this. It's not about your money. It's about your heart. Jesus just wants your heart. And once you give Jesus your heart, he can have anything else. Somebody ought to say amen there. That's good preaching. So there's 2,300 places in the Bible that talk about finances and stewardship and generosity and tithing. So for the next four days, I want to look at all of them, okay? I'm just kidding. Now watch this. Let's look at a couple places today, though. And let's start here in the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is written by King Solomon. He's known as the wisest man who ever lived. And I want you to see how he really begins to define the economy of God. Which, by the way, the economy of God is totally different from the economy of the United States of America or the economy of any other country around the world. So the way that we think of economics and investing and spending and saving and et cetera, et cetera, that type of math is not God's math. So in, in, in our economy, one plus one equals two. In God's economy, one plus one equals more than enough. Does that make sense? So anytime you put God's first, God supernaturally will always give you more than enough. And here Solomon says this, because this is very uh, counter to what culture says today. We live in a very selfish society. And if you're, not, if you're not aware of that, you'll be kind of drug into that culture of selfishness and, and self-centeredness. But here Solomon says, one person gives how? Okay, only three of you are there, right? Let's start again. One person gives how? And yet they gain even more. But another withholds unduly or withholds extravagantly or excessively and they come to poverty. Now again, that's a very challenging thought because you would think that if I, if I give freely, I'm going to have less. But the Bible says the one that, that gives freely actually gets even more because it's more blessed to give than it is to, come on, know the word, church. So the Bible says that if you give freely, you'll actually get even more. But if you hold on to it tight, tight-fisted, 
right? You'll actually end up in poverty because watch this. And I don't have any cash on me, but if, if I had, imagine I had some cash in my hands right here. If I hold on to that money tightly, God can't put any blessing in there because I'm squeezing that so tight. But when I open up my hand and I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give freely. Now God has the opportunity to take what I'm giving, multiply it, and do far more with it than I could ever do on my own power. But I also now position my hand to receive the blessing of God. Watch the verse goes on to say this. A generous person will, does anybody want that? That's me. I, I don't know where this notion, and again, I'm not preaching you know, a name it and claim it, blab it and grab it gospel. I'm just preaching you the word of God, that God wants to bless you. God wants you to prosper. And I don't know where this idea of, well, you know, if you're a Christian, you should suffer and struggle and barely make ends meet. And listen, at the end of the day, you should put God first. You should give according to how scripture tells us to give. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now you need a budget. Come on, somebody, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you, honey. You need a budget. You got a budget well, but God wants to bless you. A generous person will be prosperous and one who gives others plenty of water. And you could insert any word that makes sense in today's time uh, in, in place of water. One that, that gives financially or one that gives of their food or one that gives of benevolence or one that feeds the homeless or one that helps those in need, those who gives others plenty will himself be given plenty. So let's talk about this for a moment. Let me teach you just for a few minutes here on what is the tithe. So what is the tithe? I like to show you like Old Testament Hebrew words and New Testament Greek words and all that because it makes me seem a whole lot smarter than I am. Come on church. But if you look back in, in the Hebrew language, the word for tithe is the Hebrew word ma'aser. And it literally means the 10th part. It means a tithe. It means 10%. Now, there are people that want to argue, well, that's Old Testament only. And, and okay, there's some, there's some theological accuracy to that. Because in the New Testament, Jesus says, sell all of your possessions and follow me. All of a sudden, 10% don't look too bad of a deal, does it? Come on now. So uh, let me say this to you in a loving way. And also, if you're looking for something to put on Twitter or Facebook, here's the line. You've been waiting for this. Here's the line. Anything less than 10% is not a tithe. That's a tip. Say that. And I listen, and I think we've got a lot of Christians that just tip God. Now, God will bless the tip. Lord, we give servers 20% and food be expensive. Come on now. God, God, God will bless whatever you can give, but you, you say, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. If you, want, if you want this year to be different in the area of finances, would you, I dare you. And I'll put something in front of you here in a couple minutes as a challenge to you and almost a money back guarantee. This is one area that God says, you can test me in this. You can test me in this area. So, so the original word simply meant 10%. That's what a tithe is, 10% of your income. So if you keep going in the Bible here, look at Leviticus. A, a tithe of everything from the land. So 10% of everything that, that you get by way of income, right? That is, whether that's grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, it belongs to who? 
So we, we've got to stop, and I'm, I'm just trying to teach this to you. We've got to stop robbing God. This is where we literally block the blessings of God is because we think we can do more with our 100% than what the Almighty can do with the 90%. Listen to me. I'm telling you all day, every day, that you can never outgive God. Somebody testify to that. Come on. You can't outgive God. And that tithe, that 10% belongs to the Lord and it is holy. That word holy means what? Set apart, designated for another purpose. So that 10%, right, that tithe is holy and it's set apart and it is for the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. So here's just a working definition of tithing. I just want to give it to you very plainly here. Tithing is when you bring the first 10% of your income to God. And you do that through his church. And we'll talk more about the church here in a moment. But that's what tithing is. I'm going to bring the first 10%. And there's three words here that are really important. Bring first and 10%. I'm going to bring the first 10% of my income and I'm going to give it to God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to God through the local church. There's a lot, a lot of great nonprofits and partnerships and opportunities. And I'm not against any of them. As a matter of fact, Go Church in this, in this year is partnering with over 50 legacy partners is what we call them. And God uses them in tremendous ways. But God sent his son Jesus to only die for one of those institutions, and that is the bride of Christ, which is the local church. And so we are to tithe to your local church the first 10%. Let me show you a couple places in the Bible so that you don't think I'm making this up. Watch. And I love how this is worded. Bring the first of the first fruits. Okay, now I'm going to correct something that we even say around here at Go Church. We talk about generosity through giving. It's not even really giving, it's bringing. Because you can't give something that you don't own. So God says, bring the first of the first. Does that make sense? And you bring that into the house of the Lord your God. It's really important. Um, a, a number of theologians, and you'll see this in a different place, where it talks about the house of the Lord or the storehouse, they believe that's a representation of the New Testament church, which is you and I. It's here. So you bring the first, somebody say first, of the first fruits, first fruits of your land into the house of the Lord your God. Proverbs 3, a couple verses. Let's go back to the writings of Solomon. Honor the Lord from your wealth. Now look, any word could have been inserted there. Honor the Lord with your time. Honor the Lord with your spiritual gifts. Honor the Lord with your talents and all of those. Yeah, you should honor the Lord that way. But it is written in God's word that you honor the Lord from your wealth and from the what? The first of all of your produce so that your barns, your homes will be filled with plenty. Does anybody want that? Come on, that's what I want. I want plenty. Not so that I can be rich, but so that I want to be blessed so I can be a blessing. That's my heart. I want God to bless me so that I can continue to be a blessing so that your vats will overflow. A, a vat was just a, a tub where they would contain a, a wine, if you will. So it's like a, a container. So God says here that if you honor him with your wealth from the first of all of your produce, then he's gonna bless you with plenty and you'll receive abundance and overflow. 
So watch this. Let me show you this. When you honor the Lord first, he will always provide you with more than enough. All right, let's read this on the count of three. Everybody, if you're watching online in Germantown, everybody in this room, come on, let's say this together. Ready? One, two, three. When you honor the Lord first, he will always provide you with more than enough. I want you to say it again, but this time make it personal and say it this way. When I honor the Lord first, he will always provide me with more than enough. You ready? One, two, three. When I honor the Lord first, he will always provide me with more than enough. Honor him first, he gives you more than enough. Seek him first, he provides more than enough. Worship him first, he gives you more than enough. Put God first, he gives you more than enough. Does that make sense? There, there, there is a little bit of a formula here. Honor the Lord first, and then he'll always provide for you more than enough. How many of you know that God is a God of more than enough? Are you getting anything from today? Come on, are you getting something? All right, let me, let, me show, let me show you a little bit of what, of what I mean here, okay? So let's do a little visual representation, if you will. So let's say that God gave you a, a stalk of bananas. Okay, now I learned something this week. One banana is known as a finger. A stalk of bananas is known as a hand. How, did you know that? No, you didn't. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. You didn't know that. So if God gave you 10 bananas, this is how it works. He gives you 10 stalks or hands of bananas. You take the very first one and you say, God, I'm giving this to you. That's yours. The, the bananas aren't mine anyway. So I'm gonna give you the first of the 10 hands of bananas. And then God says, all right, well, then here you go. Then you get to keep the rest of the bananas because this is how good of a God I am. I am a God of more than enough. Come on, church. He says, bananas on bananas, banana bread, banana pudding. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I couldn't think of any other recipes with bananas. I, <laughs> I was trying, I was about to preach it. And then I realized we don't cook very much. So <laughs> you honor the Lord first. And then he says, now, now you get all of this. All right. Let's say that God gave you 10 lemons. So now you'd say, okay, God, I'm going to give you what is yours. Come on, will y'all help me preach? First, I'll give it to you first. And then God says, you know what? When you honor me first, I will provide more than enough. So then he just begins to pour out blessing, man. He's like, I'm going to bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Lemonade for days, baby. Come on. I think... I mean, you, you got it, right? This may, it's very simple. It makes sense. If God says, I'm going to give you some apples. Somebody's going to give you some apples. What do you do first? You bring to God what is rightfully his. And you say, okay, I'm going to give you the first of the first fruit. And God says, because you worshiped me first, because you loved me first, now I'm going to bless you. I'm going to open up heaven and I'm going to shower you with so much blessing that there won't even be room enough to contain it. Eventually this fruit's going to fall on the ground and that's all right because he's a God of overflow. Come on, church. And he says, hey. I mean, he's like, what, what you got? This looks like a pretty good deal. Are you done? 
I got more fruit. Let's say he gave you some pears. And the, these, are, these are good pears, by the way. I don't know how to say this word, but they look expensive. Come on now. So God blesses you with pears. And what, what do you do? You worship the Lord first. You honor the Lord first. And you say, okay, I'm just going to give back to you. I'm going to bring to the storehouse. I'm going to bring to God's house the tithe. And then God says, now I'm just going to keep blessing you. Because this is, this is what I do. Stacks on stacks. I bless you. I just pour out my blessing. I pour out my favor. I come into alignment. And now you're blessed. Now I'm from, I'm from Florida. Come on, somebody. And I was looking for oranges, and then God gave me a sign and said, buy one that represents you. So I got cuties. Come on. I see you looking at me, Kimberly. Hey, Friday was my wife's birthday. Come on, somebody. The first lady. Zoom in right here. Okay. So he gives you some oranges, and then what do you do? Okay, God, you, ble you blessed me. Is anybody blessed? Oh, man, I know we got all kinds of financial stuff, but if you live in the United States of America, if you live in a house of any kind, if you sleep on a bed and you got a pillow and cushion and you've got running water and electricity, you've got the options of food and medication and you work, you may not love your job, but guess what? You got a job. And if you don't like it, everywhere's hiring. Come on now. You ought to stimulate your rear end to get another job. Come on now. <laughs> I digress, right? Man, we are blessed. So when God blesses us, it's very simple. God, I'm going to honor you first. And God says, you know what? Because you love me with your whole heart. Because you love me first. And I'm going to bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask. Think or imagine. Come on, church. That's all right. It's a season of overflow. It's what God does. Now, now listen, just a very simple illustration shows you that God wants to bless you. God says, if you honor me first, I will always be more than enough. Come on and give Jesus some praise. Come on. I spent $200 in fruit, by the way. And I want you to know that none of this fruit will go to waste. There's a couple of families in our church that are going through a really hard time. They've already been contacted. We got two gatherings today. I'll do the illustration again. And every bit of this fruit will go to families in need right here at Go Church, all right? So come on, let's clap, come on. So they're going to get every bit of it, all right? Nobody's keeping nothing, okay? So let me give you a, you got a couple more minutes. Let me show you this. So, so why, why should I tithe? Three thoughts here, three simple thoughts. Tithing teaches me to put God first. You got, you got a lot of responsibilities. We talked about some of that. You got bills. You got a mortgage. You've got rent. You've got tuition. You've got hungry kids. We talked about those things. Like you got growing kids. 
Man, my, my kids, they're growing so fast and, and they're, they're good kids. They understand how things are expensive, but you know, like we're moving out of the, the phase of they didn't care it was name brand to now like it kind of matters, you know? And so now my son's like all about like, he wants name brand shoes like Jordans and all that. And well, if you said, woo, you can buy them some, come on now. And I know you, he's like, he's like woo, don't endorse that. I told my son, I was like, let's go to Walmart and let me introduce you to Shaquille O'Neal. Come on, somebody. 14-time NBA All-Star, played for the Miami Heat and the LA Lakers. You can get two pair of Shaqs. Come on. <laughs> Kids are expensive. Life is expensive. So tithing teaches you to put God first. I, I can't think of any other area that you can visibly see that you're putting God first. That's a better example than tithing. I'm not standing up here bragging. I'm not standing up here pretending like we're perfect. We're not a perfect family. But Kimberly and I, early, early on in our relationship with God and in our married life, we decided that we are going to tithe. It doesn't matter what else comes our way. We're going to put God first. And so again, everybody, you get paid differently. Some of you are hourly waged. Some of you are commission-based. Some of you are salaried. You know, I opted to get paid one time a month. So I'm gonna get paid one time a month. And when that direct deposit hits, and I'm not exaggerating, as soon as I wake up on the 28th of every month, come on, I look at the bank account, there's the blessings of God. The very first thing I do, if I'm lying, I'm frying. I take out my cell phone and I text my gift to God. It's the first thing I do. Because tithing teaches me to put, it's before I put gas in the car, it's before I pay my mortgage, it's before any bill is paid. My, Lakeland came in the other day, right at the end of the month, he was like, I'm hungry. I was like, you will not eat until I pay the tithe. It's a, it's a fast for the worldly family. Come on now, a little bit of an exaggeration, but that's how it's serious. But the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna honor the Lord. I, listen, how is my house going to be blessed if I don't bless God's house? How is my home going to be blessed if I don't bless the family of God? Again, I, I don't want anything from you. You can keep doing it your way. Is it working? Maybe. Maybe so. But listen, there is a principle here that when I give God my tithe, just 10%, he blesses us exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Because when you honor the Lord first, he is always more than enough. And this isn't just, I'm not just saying this to you. Go back to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6. We looked at verse 21 earlier. Look at verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will give you everything that you need. This isn't a rebuke. It's just honesty. Some of you are working overtime and double time trying to provide everything you need and you still feel behind. And you're still living paycheck to paycheck. And you're still struggling financially, why? Because you're seeking finances first, provision first. The Lord just says, seek me first, put me first, honor me first. And we're talking about tithing, but man, we could go back to any of the other areas that we talked about getting in the game. Get up early and pray before your day gets busy. Get up and get into the, the word of God, read the Holy Bible, First, seek God 
first, his kingdom first, and he will what? Say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Give you everything that you need. The second reason you should tithe is because tithing provides for God's work through the local church. Now, this is the one that people just kind of get bent sideways around because there have been pastors and churches that have abused the generosity of the people of God. That's not go church. We have a tremendous board of trustees here that helps us to steward the finances of this house with integrity. As a matter of fact, that's one of our core values. We have six core values. One of them is we steward with integrity. Listen to me, when you give, yeah, uh, let, let me be honest. We got some bills to pay. The rent for the movie theater in Germantown's not free. This building's not free. The bank, I could walk into the bank and be like, you know what? We're just gonna skip this month's payment because we're people of faith. And they'd be like, you know what? No, you ain't. We got some bills to pay. You, you run utilities and we've got a great staff, but our board of trustees and our team allows us to budget well and steward with integrity so that a, a good majority of your money that you bring to the house goes back into helping our communities, missionaries, those 50 plus legacy partners. You're sending millions of dollars every year to perpetuate the gospel of Jesus. So I can't do anything about what other churches and other pastors are doing, but I'm telling you this, you can trust the ministry of Go Church. It is my heart to be a man of God of integrity. Right, And I, t I say this often, you can follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. When you give, God gives us the mission and the vision, the leaders, but you set the pace. You set the pace. I got a big dream on things that we can do in our community and how we can reach more people and how we can plant more campuses. But we're not going to put the cart before the horse, right? We're going to allow God's people to fund the vision. We'll be faithful and we'll be good stewards. And as God sends the increase to us, God will send the increase to you. Come on, can you say amen? Now watch this. This is going to be uh, a big part of our conversation in two weeks on Vision Sunday. I'll share with you a lot of what your church has been able to do because of your generosity. And the week after Vision Sunday, for the first time ever, and this will be an annual thing that we provide, we'll be giving you what we're calling our annual impact report. So that'll go out digitally online and through the email. And then every year as a part of your giving statement, you'll get an annual impact report so that you can see how your, your giving, how your tithing is making a difference in our community, in Montgomery County, Maryland, and across the world. Is that all right? Come on, that's really good, amen? Here's what the Bible says. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. There's that word again. That's the New Testament church. That there may be food, provision in my house. And then here's what the Lord says. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out, look at me, come over here, camera, and pour out so much blessing, so much blessing that there's not even, you just gotta like carry this stuff around. Come on, man. So much blessing that you won't even be able to contain it or store it because your God is more than enough. The third one is this, and I'll tell you a quick story. Tithing strengthens my faith in God. This is why you tithe. 
because it strengthens our faith in God. This story happened over 20 years ago and it has shaped me and it will continue to shape me forever. I was a sophomore in college. I was going to school full time and I was also delivering pizzas for Papa John's. Come on now. And I was in just a financial mess. I went to school on faith. It was very expensive. I took out as many loans as I could get in order to, you know, to stay in school and to get my degree. I was the first person in my entire family to ever go to college and I wasn't about to drop out. And I remember going to a church service where this pastor was speaking and he was talking about his story of, of, of sacrifice and all of that. And I'll never forget it. I'm sitting there listening and I had to my name, $6.12. That's all I had. And it was in my bank. And I heard the Lord say, write a check for $6.12 to that man. And I was like, man, Lord, do you know how many ramen noodles I can get for $6.12? I can eat for a year with ramen noodles. Come on now. And I heard the Lord say, I'm a God of more than enough. Give them $6.12. Now, obviously that's more than the tithe. It was everything that I had. I took out my little checkbook when checkbooks were a thing. I wrote my check. I went up to him and I said, can you tell me your name? He told me his name, wrote his name. I said, the Lord told me to give you this check for $6.12. What a random number, but it's all I had. Later on that uh, evening, there was a knock on my dorm room door and I opened the door and there was this man's son who also attended the same college as I did. And he said, JC said, my dad told you what you did. And he was so moved by your faith He wanted me to give you this. And he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a $50 bill. Come on, somebody. $50. And I said, man, like I was crying because $50 felt like $5 million. And he said, he said, hey, my dad wants you to have breakfast with him in the morning. So now not only did I get $50, but I'm about to eat breakfast. Come on, church. So I go to breakfast and at breakfast, he buys my meal and he gives me another $50 bill. And I was like, man, Lord, like this is just amazing. And he said, hey, I actually pastor a church in Tampa, which is where I'm from. He said, I know that the Thanksgiving holiday is coming. Would you just come, bring your mom, you and your mom come to to church and just, just be in church with us during the Thanksgiving break. This is a very long story, very, very short, made very, very short. So I went to church that day. I didn't do anything in the, in the gathering. I didn't preach. They're all thankful I didn't sing. I didn't do anything. I just sat there. And after church was over, my mom and I, we started walking back to the car. And there was this little old lady that I heard her in a gentle kind of way say, young man, young man. And I turn around and she's on a walker, white-headed lady on a walker. And she said, I watched you all during church And she said, the Lord impressed on my heart to give you this check. I don't know what it's for, but maybe it'll be a blessing to you. Right before I left college that Thanksgiving break, I got a notification, a handwritten letter that I owed $2,000 due to the school in order for me to take exams. And when I got in the car and I opened up that check, it was $2,000.
And I could stand up here for the rest of my life telling you story after story of how when I give, it is pressed down, shaken together, and God just begins to run it over. And at that moment, I'm 19, 20, 20, maybe 21 years old. Yeah, about 20, 21 years old. I knew then and I told the Lord, no matter what, I am always going to honor you first with my giving, with my finances, and with my tithe. And I'm telling you now that, and I say this very carefully, you know, but I come from a family of generational financial curse and bondage. My last name is Worley. The Worleys never knew how to manage money or anything like that. And God has blessed us tremendously simply because tithing strengthened my faith in God. I honored God first and I always do it. And he just pours out his blessing. Is that story okay for you today? I I just wanna encourage you. All right, our time is up. But let me do this really quickly, just two challenges for you today, all right? Here's the first one. You've heard me talk about this before. They'll enlarge this on the screen perhaps so you can take a picture of it. Here's challenge number one. I want you to climb the giving ladder. Just take a step, one step, all right? So we're talking about tithing, but that's that's a rung of the ladder. But maybe you can give for the very first time. I've never given to God through Go Church, but today I'm gonna do it for the first time. I don't want anything from you. Listen, with all due respect, if you haven't been giving to this church before, we're doing all right. We're here. It's not what we want from you. It's that God has something for you. Okay? So that's why you don't give to Go Church. You give through Go Church. Because Go Church is a kingdom mutual fund. You put your money here to God, and then we diversify that for the kingdom. Maybe you can move to the next ladder, which is I'm just going to, I can give occasionally. I've given to God but I don't do it consistently. I want you to move to intentional giving where I consistently give to God through Go Church, but it's not quite 10%. And then you're gonna grow and you're gonna start tithing where, okay, now I consistently give 10% of my income to God through Go Church. And then eventually one day you'll be what we call a legacy giver, which is I give above and beyond 10%. And I I know stories of people that give away the 90%. They give away the 90% and they live on the 10. Because God will always provide. Because he's a good God. So a legacy giver is I give above and beyond 10% of my income to God. through. It's just a giving ladder. All right? So you take a step. Try God. That's what the Bible says. Test me in this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Here's the second challenge and then I'll pray. And we call it our 90 day tithe challenge, all right? You can go online, mygochurch.com slash challenge. And they'll give you some information there. It's on the website. Here's, here's the money back guarantee. If you tithe for 90 days and God does not bless you exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask, think, or imagine, watch this. You contact the church office, I'll give you every penny back that you gave in that 90 day period. I am that confident that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. And it's not about me wanting your money. So here's an opportunity. You give for 90 days. And if God doesn't bless you, you can have it all back. No questions asked. We'll write you a check. And we actually just served as a short-term, you know, savings plan for that 90 day period. But I've been offering this for nine years, nine years. And can I tell you something? Nobody's ever asked for their money back. 
not one time. And some of you are thinking, well, I'm going to give and ask for it back. I wouldn't toy with God with that. I'm just going to say that. But when you start giving, God and his economy is activated. And you will see that it really is more blessed to give than it is to receive. But God will bless you in supernatural ways. All right, let me pray for you today. Here's the closing. What did the Holy Spirit speak to my heart? And what next steps do I need to take in my faith journey? All right, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me pray for you. We'll get out of here. What's that next step? Think about this whole series, prayer, fasting, reading the Bible, sharing your testimony, getting in a group. Groups are open, by the way. Come on, sign up for a small group. Today we're talking about tithing. Next week we'll talk about serving. Everybody's got a next step. So what is your next step? Maybe for some of you, it's, man, I just need Jesus. I need to seek first Jesus and I need him to be the Lord of my life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's start there. If you want to commit your life to Christ or recommit your life to Christ, don't delay. Now's the opportunity. If you say, Pastor JC, I just want to be forgiven of my sin and I want Jesus to become the Lord of my life. Hands up on three. One, two, three. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, little one. Thank you. Thank you, Germantown as well. Thank you, all the way my left, your right by those exit doors. Thank you. Anybody else? Lord, I've seen five, six, seven hands in this room and I believe Germantown's hands are up as well. So you've seen the faith of their sign of surrender today. I pray that each of us would invite you to be the Lord of our life. Come into our heart, forgive us of our sins. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And may you challenge us to take a next step. And whatever that next step is, may we do it without reservation and may we do it with great faith, even in the area of tithing. Lord, we're gonna trust you in this area and we're gonna watch your mighty hand of blessing move on our lives. We don't give to get, we get to give. It's an honor and it's a privilege and we thank you for that honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray and together everybody said amen and amen. All right, come on, put your hands together. Bless the Lord. Good. All right, come on, lift your hands right where you are. Come on.